When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Heart and Hand Extra, the Rangers podcast. My name's David Edgar. I'm here to preview this weekend's game. And to help me with that is uh, our recent addition to the team and uh, the Alfredo Morelos of the new signings. It's Andy McGowan. Hi, Andy. Hi, David. Thanks for asking me back on. Oh, no, the punters seem to like you. And uh, it seems that we're moving out of the era of, you know, the kind of Scott-led homosexual banter and more into actual football talk. And I didn't know if the audience were ready for it, but apparently eight years in, uh, they've, they've decided to go for it. Although we will have, have Scott back on occasion to, to, to get the kind of flirting um, qualities of the show back up. But first things first, Andy, I want to talk about, before we, we crack into the events of this week, um, myself and Alex and uh, and Cammy covered the game on uh, Saturday. We covered it in this week's flagship pod, which people can still go and check out. But uh, I couldn't go because I was moving house, uh, terribly unstaunch, but just was, was impossible for me to get. And I was gutted because I really wanted to go. The opportunity doesn't come up to see Rangers in a brand new stadium in Scotland that often, you know, that, that's travelable. What were your experiences? First of all, what was it like just to go as a game and then, you know, in comparison to, say, Tyne Castle? I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I really enjoyed it. And I, I've been talking to people all week about it because, obviously, in the background, there's been a bit of chat about Hamden's contract coming to an end with STFA and the potential that it could be Murrayfield as an alternative. So... The first thing I would say is I helped run a supporters club and the demand for tickets was just absolutely incredible. I had uh, the, the biggest, busiest bus I've had um, ever with my supporters club. We've been going for 10 years and we get rid of something like 35 tickets. Absolutely no problem. On top of every single away member getting a ticket. So the demand for something new is, is clear. And uh, there was a wee bit of... I wouldn't say a cup final atmosphere, but there was a there was a definite atmosphere outside the ground. The Bears were in good good fettle. Uh, there may have been a few drinks being taken that helped, but um, there was just something different about it. There was just something different about going to Murrayfield, going to a different stadium, uh, and also being I don't know how many fans Hearts had, but it felt like we had <laughs> taken over the stadium. It was incredible. Uh, they, over 14,000 for a league game for a club that have been so bad that they had to sack their manager and uh, I know a few people had said we didn't really mention it in the pod the other night and, and they, they were right it was something we'd meant to get into but the pod overran as, as people will know it went about 80 minutes but that's unbelievable I mean it's, it's genuinely unbelievable but there's Self-praise is no praise, and I know that, right? But nobody else is going to praise us anyway, so we might as well. What, what the Rangers fans have done... No I don't subscribe, Andy, to self-praise being no praise, mate. That's, that's, that's the kind of <laughs> cornerstone <laughs> of my existence. <laughs> but uh, what the Rangers fans have done, not just on Saturday, uh, on Saturday, but for, ever since we get hit with this living nightmare, 
we've been hit, we've had for our six years. It's incredible. It's absolutely incredible because it doesn't matter how bad our team is. It doesn't matter what's going on off the park. It doesn't matter uh, what people are saying about us or what they want to say about us or what they want to paint us as. The fans just keep coming and it seems to be getting stronger and stronger. And uh, I think it certainly can epitomise that because you had fans there. I had a lot of people on my bus that hadn't been for a wee while, to be honest, but they, they felt the need to come back and support the club. And uh, I, I just thought it was great. Great atmosphere, 90 minutes of singing, uh, 90 minutes of good humour. Uh, the, the result obviously helps, but well, even when we went a goal down, the fans were fantastic. Well, and were the sidelines and stuff good? I mean, could, could you see OK? Because that's obviously the concern about a stadium well, that's not a football okay. stadium, although obviously it's rugby, you know, I, I would imagine it's similar. The practicalities of the stadium, for me, were better than Hamden in every sense. Everything. The catering, the toilets, the entrance, the exit, the parking, the view, uh, the fabric of the stadium, everything about it was better than Hamden. Wow. I've got to say, that, that's my opinion. Well, I mean, that, that I don't particularly like Hamden for all the reasons that you've just mentioned. It's, it's a pain in the arse to get to. Parking's impossible. And uh, it's just a weird stadium. The atmosphere goes out of it. Uh, it as it does at gigs, actually. It's it's a bad stadium for sound. But in terms of football, the, the, the atmosphere sort of drains out of it quite easily. A lot of the, the places that you can be sat in are dreadful, really, unless, you know, if you want to see the game, unless you're kind of up and side on uh-huh. the pitch, you can forget about seeing large parts of it. And you, if, if Murrayfield is an option and, you know, the, the Bears I've spoken to and yourself, given it's such ringing endorsements, then it's... And maybe it'd be nice for us to have that, you know, travelling to a cup final, because it's something, obviously, being a Glasgow team that we've never mm-hmm. really experienced. And maybe, uh, I don't know if it would have the kind of effect that Cardiff had uh, yep. on England where, where it was that new thing. And I know that, that people down south who travelled there for, for semi-finals and, and cup finals speak very highly of the, the whole experience of it, that it, it sort of felt more like a cup final. Yeah. I don't know the logistics of parking for if there was an old firm final, for example, if you could get buses at one side and, and, and Rangers buses at other. But, it can't be any worse than, than Glasgow because <laughs> you've got everybody converging on in Mount Florida by whatever means necessary. So uh, I, I think um, if the opportunity came up that cup finals or domestic finals were held at Murrayfield, I, I would be all for it. You know, there's mm-hmm. always a possibility that, that we're getting set up here for a, a Celtic Park uh, for, for cup finals, that's that's always something that, that's in the back it's of my mind as well. But no, I, I thought it was fantastic. I've, I've got to say, the only other frame of reference I got from Murrayfield was when I went to see Madonna. <laughs> so it was a wee bit different for that. I can, uh, I, I can imagine. You know, and I'm sure there'll be people at home right now sitting and thinking, David, you're going to take me to ask for Madonna, but no, I'm not. Queen of Pop. Um, <laughs> n- nobody, nobody better at what she does than her. And, uh, and like a prayer, still remains one of the best. Best number ones of the last 50 years, so uh, you, you get away with that one. Um, right, well, moving on, the, the main story uh, dominating our week. There, there were a few, and we'll, we'll touch on them because they do all feed into the game. Um, the main story this week continues to be Rangers' search for a manager. And a few names bandied about. I think now it's becoming apparent, and... Uh, apologies to those who I, I made on a video blog after the Hearts game I made a kind of throwaway remark about some of the names that I'd heard being 
a little bit left field. Now, um, to explain to people, it's not, I know something you don't know and I'm not telling you. Just, I'm not interested in that at all. I have a platform to to kind of stroke my ego. It's it's not that. It's basically, I don't want to throw names out there to add to speculation if they're not, you know, they may not be true. So it's names that I'd heard from decent sources, but, but you never know. But I think it's becoming clear that the names in the frame, Derek McInnes remains a favourite, Alex Neal, is is being considered. Steve McLaren is being considered. Alan Pardew is being considered. David Moyes uh, is, is being considered. And uh, I think that those names uh, are the ones that are most likely, at this point, as we record, that it'll be one of those five. Now, a legitimate question that has been asked, uh, and I think it's a good one, is that if it was Derek McInnes then why hasn't it been done by now? My belief, uh, my understanding of it, uh, however you want to put it, but certainly what what I've taken at the moment, is that McInnes remains the favourite. And if you were going to put money on somebody, it would probably be him. However, the both have been pleasantly surprised at the standard of the applicants that they've had. And... That the the people on that list, obviously McInnes hasn't, but the other four have applied in one form or another, have let Rangers know that they are interested in the position. And I think that with McInnes, they kind of feel the way the majority of the support feel, Andy, which is he'll do a good job. You know, he's not exciting, but I'm sure he won't, you know, he certainly won't leave the club in a disastrous state. And it's maybe not the kind of falling in love, desperate, you know, I must have you now thing. And I do think that some of those names that we mentioned have got their supporters. I believe Mark Allen's a big uh, a big advocate of Steve McLaren. And uh, I think there are one or two on the board would be very interested in, in speaking to David Moyes. Reports that the interviews will be held in London, as they were the last time, um, probably for anonymity, which again indicates that you, Derek McInnes may may not ha- be as locked in as he appeared a few days ago. Um, well, a lot of information I've just chucked at you there, Andy, but you know, what are your thoughts about where we are currently with uh, our managerial search? The first thing I think is there's no need to panic. Right? Uh, I think it's very, very easy as football supporters to kind of say, right, what's happening? Why are we not doing something? Why are we hearing nothing? I, I think the board have got the do what they're doing and, and to be honest to do what they did with Cushing you're right so I'll, I'll kind of jump back a wee bit David and say that the board are getting flack for the appointment of Cushing and I'm not of that opinion I think that uh, we've, been, we've been crying about crying out for something different in, in terms of management and football structure and football style for years and years and years all through Walter's years as successful with it as they were we always had this kind of yearning to have something different, something better. And I think that's only natural as a football supporter. But they did their due diligence in Kishinya, and it's easy to say now, why oh, he had a poor CV. The guy didn't have a poor CV. The guy had a really good uh, experience in Mexico, which, although we don't get much Mexican football over here, it was a real achievement for what he did. And you can say that he finished sixth and won it through the kind of playoff system. That's still a victory. And we heard when he was here that he didn't win big games. We win big games over there in a good league in a football-mad country. So the problem you've got is there are no guarantees, as we've just found out. So with this new appointment, I think what they're doing is the right thing because if you go to McInnes 
and said, you're the one for us, Derek, and really you have no other options. First of all, it's no very good poker playing because what you've done is you've went and put everything in one basket and he holds all the cards after that because yeah, what if he says no? What if he asks for too much money? What if he wants more for a budget of players? I would say that one yeah, of the so things that's maybe going against, not against at the moment, but a factor in the decision-making process that colours it is I think it would very much stick in the craw of those who sign the cheques at Ibrox to write a cheque yep. for, I believe that the, the yeah. conversation would be around about 800 grand. Yeah, I can quite understand that. I really can and and this is the other thing about the board. The board are the ones that are uh, carrying the charity for this. They're, they're the ones that are paying the money. It's their own, their own family's money. So I think they're well within their rights to kind of put their, put their, their neighbour in and say, right, well, let's actually have a bigger say. And I think that's why uh, Dave King's been over. But really, uh, you've got to look at it as a non-football perspective. If you were going for a manager of any company or whatever, you're going to have a, a, a list of candidates. You're going to hear them out. You're going to look at the pros and cons of each. I, th- I said the last time I was on the pod that um, I thought we had a big problem if Kishinia went in terms of who the next appointment was. And I think it's kind of borne out here. We're looking at McLaren. I wouldn't have seen him coming. Pardew, not so sure I would have seen him coming either. Alex Neal, always thought he was a he was a Celtic supporter, to be honest. He is. David Moyes. He is. He is, is. Right, well... Uh, and Moyes and him then call me old fashioned. I would generally put a line through the two of them straight away, right? Because I, I know we can sum up Kenny Marler, he played for Celtic, but a Celtic's a born manager, a, a manager that played for Celtic, that's, that's, that's a departure, whatever way you look at it. It's a point, so, I, I, I need to do the point counterpoint with you here. Um, because there will be listeners saying, well, David, you know, you need, you need to challenge him in that. Even though I may have sympathies, shall we say, with your point of view, uh, I do think that it, that would be an odd one. I really do. Um, a lifelong Celtic supporter like Alex Neil, you could argue, and I have done before, that maybe it's overdone in terms of, of players that when they become footballers, they become fans of themselves, and especially when they become managers, and, and that that's what they care about in terms of their career. And that might be, be something to consider, but I, I can absolutely understand that. I really can. And uh, But then I also understand why it maybe wouldn't bother other people, and I think that certainly those who would espouse Moyes, for example, would point to Kenny Miller and say, well, yes, but... Um, Alex Neil, he really does look like a Celtic supporter, though, doesn't he? <laughs> and it would be hard to, you know, you'd look at the, you know, you'd see him in a Rangers tracksuit, and he kind of would have looked like he'd stole it. So th- there is that that has to be considered. But but all joking aside, the the one thing that jumps out at me, Andy, about the names is that all of them are British, and I know that obviously yes. Michelle Prudhomme yeah. was was a name that was being mentioned. Yeah. I, I am. While at the moment I wouldn't, with much confidence, put money. As I say, I'd still lean towards McInnes getting it, but I wouldn't put a lot of money on it. Uh, I would be really confident at the moment that unless someone and they may, someone may, you know, make their name known tomorrow. But unless someone truly incredible, you know, was to rear their head, I'm pretty sure the board are going to go for, shall we say, British. You know, not necessarily Scottish, yeah. but certainly someone from the UK. Yeah, I don't. I, don't, I think we discussed that last time, and I think it was a more or less a prerequisite because the the, the, the risks have got to be minimised. 
and if you're doing that, one of the first things you would look at is right, what is this manager's football and background? Um, and I, I agree with you. I, I do think McInnes is the most likely. I've, I've got to say I've kind of warmed to it. Uh, it wasn't my idea a, a, a kind of progressive appointment, but looking at things in around, he knows the game in Scotland. He knows the players in Scotland. He, he would probably have the, the shortest. Um, Settling period, if you like, or the, the the five names we just mentioned there, and uh, certainly would have the club at heart, which I think is a help, right? So we're talking about Neil and Moise. If you've got Derek McInnes, I think there would be more goodwill um, if things don't go quite to plan as can happen. That's a very good point. Like Sir Neil or Moise. No matter what anybody says, if things don't go well under Alex Neil, it will be brought up, and of course it will. Probably on here. If I'm being honest, uh, <laughs> so it, it, it is something that that is a factor needs to and needs to be considered. And again, some people, you know, I know hello to all our Celtic won't listen. Also, say, oh, bigotry! It's not bigotry. It's in the same way that Liverpool fans wouldn't want to like. They wouldn't want Gary Neville yeah, being appointed as their manager. And I think that it's you know Lazio fans will not welcome Francesco Totti with open arms. It just it's football rivalry. It's tribal and it's it's okay. It's, there's not there doesn't have to be a nasty element to it. It's just how people feel. The the one thing that I, I do want to discuss with you is I was a little surprised, if you like, by the board's surprise at the types of names yeah. that were coming at them, and it's. Are they underrating us? And if so, is that stopping them going out and approaching someone who... Now, I'm not saying you should get the job. I'm just saying someone of the, the stature of currently, say, Ronald Koeman. Because yeah. probably, they probably. may feel, you oh, know, we are, you know, we've had this last few years and we need to, you know, McInnes level manager. Um, that, that worries me a wee bit because I would like them to remember how big a club we are. I, I wonder if it's the... Listening to you know the the kind of the chatter that goes on around the club in Scotland, where of course you know people who don't like us will do us down at every turn and try and make out that you know we're much much less significant than we are. But there was a reason Rangers' defeat to a team from Luxembourg was carried all over, uh, was carried all over Europe, and it's because of who we are. Our name means something, and if it's holding them back from going out and. The fact that they're impressed by guys who, yes, have big reputations and have managed at big clubs, but are all on the, if you like, the rebuilding process of their CVs. Mm-hmm. That would worry me because I would want them to set the bar very high and, if you like, fall short of maybe mm-hmm. you know something that's a bit over-ambitious. Because if you do that, if you set your ambitions really high and you don't quite match them, you're still way ahead of what was, if you like, the break-even point. Whereas I think if you set your ambitions low, then you're limiting you're limiting the search. Yeah, yeah I think uh, but the, the club's at a point now where it actually has to get back to saying we are expecting to win things. We're going to chance for a title. I think the, the, the days of, kind of tempering our expectations have passed now. I don't think it's healthy to continue, so you're absolutely right there. Um, in terms of what you're saying about draws for managers, David, I think there's two contexts. There's a football context and there's a financial context. So, football context, we are still a massive uh, name, a massive club, a huge attraction to any professional player or manager. Uh, and I think that's fairly perpetual. That'll keep going as long as we are attending and, and, and maintaining the club. 
But in the financial context, the ground has moved so far under our feet, it's, it's uh, hard to comprehend. So if you do go for a cumin, realistically, you're looking at a guy that was at a club that spent £100 million in the summer, and he might be sitting down the board, and the board's saying, right, here's your budget for the year, and it might not be £10 million quid for players, and it might not be even... 15, 20 million a year on your first team wages. True, but the challenge the challenge has changed. So, I mean, it was the same with Rodgers coming from you know, Celtic to Liverpool. It's, the challenge has changed. Yes, you're not getting the money that you had, but nor does anyone else in the league have you know the, the kind of money that you had. The, the only kind of financial concern to me would be the wages because I know that, again, just speaking, someone like Koeman was uh-huh. I believe in the top 10 highest paid coaches in Europe um, uh, which you know, is staggering to me but it shows you the level the Premiership are playing at so we're not going to be able to get close to that but you're still getting a good wage and, uh, and I think that these guys you know, obviously wouldn't be, wouldn't be putting their names into the, into the ring if that wasn't the case so you'll still be well paid but I do think a lot of managers particularly from down south will look at what has happened to Roger's reputation because remember he was a joke when he arrived here, yep. people people can forget that that when he arrived, he was a joke figure, deluded Brendan on Twitter, etc. He was the a punchline, and that was why he considered Scotland and he's rebuilt his reputation. And I suppose the parallel to that would be someone like Moyes, uh, who on paper, if you take away the Celtic connection, does have you know probably the biggest CV. But balancing that is the fact that the last four years of it have been nothing but but bad and you can maybe say well Sunderland is a bit of a, a a club that's in a huge tailspin I don't know if anyone could do a better job there or could could even do a good job there at the moment they look as though they're going for a double relegation um, so I see a dad again you can explain away United you can say well that was a he was on a height of nothing nobody wanted you know it's taken really a few years a lot of money in Mourinho to get them back but it's still really been four years of him getting, if you like, his balls booted and his confidence yep. sapped. And Rangers is... While I understand the attraction to them that Rangers is a, a fabulous place to rebuild your reputation, if you win a title with Rangers, you know, the first title since we came back up, you will have legendary status at a club and it's a story that you can tell and, you know, you, you will relaunch your managerial career. I don't know if Rangers is a place to rediscover confidence. I think you have to start with a hell of a lot of it because you are going to get knocked. You know, you you just on a week to week basis, you will take knocks. And unless some, if someone is coming in who's maybe recovering from a hard experience, we might not be the best place for that. No, but again, entirely what you're saying the difference between Rogers and somebody taking the Rangers job is that Rogers would have known coming up here. The chances of him failing were very, very yeah, slim, indeed. Whereas the chances of somebody come up here and either diminishing their, their reputation or getting a real tough time, uh, it could happen. Uh, so, no, listen, the, the managers we've got there, I, I would like to think, and I'm, maybe I'm being over-romantic here, I would like to have a, a manager that comes in and creates their own legend, which I would use McLeish, right? I always said history would be kind to Alex McLeish. Because when you look back at what he achieved, he done really well for us, right? I can forget the last season, but he done really well for us. But when he came to Rangers, it was a bit of a left field kind of appointment because he was up and coming, he was showing promise. Advocate seen something in him, um, and there are parallels to McInnes. There are parallels there, 
and I know it's very hard to compare and, and kind of transpose one manager and another and what your hopes and aspirations for them are. But McLaren, as you say, when they're way down, his best years are behind them, you would think. Pardew, maybe not so much. I think he'd probably be a, a decent candidate. Alex Neal has had good times and bad equally. And Moyes, as you say, he's a... I don't know. As you say, rebuilding confidence isn't it what we need. We need somebody that can come in and impose himself straight away. Mm. So uh, I, I would, st- I actually would like to see McInnes now, and that's a big shift in my opinion. For even two weeks ago. Mm. Now I, I don't want to have anyone under the impression that I'm saying it will be one of those five. Uh, it's just at the moment, at time of recording, that's what I think most people. Uh, and what the board are letting be known, incidentally, I'm not going to say that. I've got some, you know, deep throat in there. It's that's the the noises that are coming out of the board at the moment. But people are still applying. You know, people are still throwing their hat in the ring, but, and but, it, it could continue. There's two things, David, that I, I've had in my mind about this. The first one is that after Niedercorn, if they weren't looking about and saying we need to get a contingency in place here for Pedro Cassinha, agreed. They need their boss booted, right? Yes, absolutely. Uh, as, as, as a as a board, one of them should have had that thought and said to the rest of them, "Listen, we need to make sure we've got something not lined up, right?" But it sounded out at least. Yeah, you get the feelers out. Absolutely, right? aye, totally, totally agree. Aye. So, so um, that's one thing. Another thing is, I'm surprised that Stuart McCall's name's not been there, right? So. The reason that I like Stuart McCall is because... I will I say it was me. floated by, I think it was the Daily Mail. Um, ah, so, so it was, right. It was I, slightly I, floated. Uh, what he did with Motherwell is probably greater than what McInnes had done with Aberdeen. I thought his job that he, he did at Motherwell was absolutely uh, beyond reproach. Um, and I think he's a sound, steady manager, a good man-manager. He's young enough um, to still be in touch with the realities of modern football. So I'm surprised that he's... I know he was in the L's, you say, but I'm surprised he's not been quoted more um, bigger. I think the argument against him would be, one, he had a spell there, and he did all right. And you have to go with the same argument that we gave Pedro with Warburton's players, you know, that there wasn't a lot that he could do in it. And I would say the same... Um, because not only did they inherit a poor squad, it was a poor and unfit squad. Um, which Stuart yeah. McCall, if, if anyone's seen him at a speaker's night since, Stuart McCall will, will tell you, you know, that the, the players, I remember him going to a trust at the time. And that someone said, When did you realise how hard a job it would be? And he said, The first training session when they were blowing out their arse after 20 minutes. So that's something, <laughs> you know, I've, I've, I've seen him say. And. The argument against that, I think, would be well, the board had him before and decided he wasn't the right man. So, probably, yep. what has changed? And you, you're right about the Motherwell thing, but there's nothing in his CV since that time that I would say w- would influence me to go back and look over his CV again. Uh, I, I would tend to think that he would need to have achieved a bit more in that time. Difficult job that he has uh, at, at the moment. I think that. I get where you're coming from. McCall would be somebody I would consider certainly for the coaching staff. He's that kind of level, but I, I just don't know. Uh, it, I think that if you're going to go that route, you're probably better off going with McInnes. But I think it's interesting that pretty much everyone I speak to, as I see the feeling about McInnes is 
Aye, he do all right. You know, I'm sure he's, he's he's okay, and you know he's done a good job at Aberdeen. And nobody thinks that he would leave us in a disastrous position. I think that, but then I don't know anyone who's oh man, I can't. You know, I cannot wait. We we've got to get him. Let's get this tied up. Um, it, it's kind of a strange one that way. That usually you get. Derek McInnes doesn't seem to offend anyone. You know, nobody is actively saying, I desperately, well, very few people, I desperately don't want him. But equally, I don't think he has a lot of cheerleaders either who are going, we must well, have him. It's a, it's a strange situation. I think we're probably grossly underestimating the guy, to be quite honest with you, because if you, if you step out of the kind of football uh, measurements, what he would bring if he came to Rangers is he's got a wee bit of steeliness about him and we talked at length about Cushinia's, uh troubles with the press and, and this kind of notion that some managers can control the press, some managers just will never get a fair break from McLeish, uh, McLeish McInnes has got um, a good sense of where the Scottish press are and I think the Scottish press are, know that he, they wouldn't mess, mess with him and I think if he came to Rangers that would help the club and the football structure as well because I don't think we would have the same kind of nonsense spouted about uh, Derek McInnes that we had about Cusina this kind of all out kind of ridicule and, and, and a wee bit of which one Cusina had if no, you're being honest yeah. I don't think McInnes would uh, would have to endure that just because of personal relationships and he's he's standing in the game already I think in terms of that of the names mentioned again I don't think you would get it with Moyes particularly because of the type of person he has Alex Neil the same uh, I don't think they would get it. Pardew, I think we all know, would at one point, you know, try and have it off with a waitress at the Aaliyah Casino one night <laughs> and end up in the front page of the Sunday like Mail. I know, I know, I'm just, and he's a single guy, he's entitled to do so, but I think you know that that would happen with him. I mean, he was brilliantly described by uh, uh, my friend Michael, he's brilliantly described as uh, a a walking character from a 70s sitcom and there, there is that element to him McLaren has been bullied by the press before several times it happened to him at Newcastle it happened to him at England it happened to him at Derby to me McLaren is uh, if you like uh, he's a, a coach you know I, I've never really got the impression he's a manager he's a, he's a coach and I think that it strikes me as a bit of a puffed up cruiserweight going in and trying to fight a heavyweight with McLaren plus on top of that he's got that stupid hair island you know that bit where he's got <laughs> he's clearly bald and he's got a huge bald streak across the centre he said I'm bald I shaved my head right just do it Steve do that and, and you can have a shot at it um, but otherwise no the, and we were talking earlier about a litany of failure his has gone on a long time really now since uh, since he won the Dutch title his has been nothing but failure um, I, I I don't know I don't know but anyway I mean t- time will tell as I say it could all change tomorrow it could all change by the time this comes out so we'll move on to Saturday's match now the other main topic of this week was Ryan Jack's red card being overturned where we have the ridiculous situation where Ryan Jack has been sent off three times this season and two have been overturned now again you do have to wonder what the noises would have been like in Scottish football had that been a Celtic player um, this is ridiculous uh, and I can't believe the club are just saying right okay fair enough because these were huge points dropping decisions yeah I mean, I, you're, you're exactly you took the words out of my mouth they may have given us the, the rescinded red card for both but we're not going to get the five points back mm. and uh, it opens up the wider question that, um, that Rangers 
kind of finally assaulted last week with this um, uh, complaints officer situation that it seems to be sporadic it's, uh, it just depends who sees what and what is topical and there doesn't seem to be any kind of design or rationality how they actually look at this because mm-hmm. Kurt Broad has anybody speaking to Kurt Broadfoot David I don't know if well, I've actually well apparently because he got a yellow so he's card away, he's scot free well apparently because he got a yellow card Right, so there's there's a first flaw in the system that if you've got if you've been given a yellow, you've it can't be reviewed. What a joke, right? The guy was rolling about as if he'd been oh, was in bar, yeah. shot. It's funny because right. here was a guy who had built up in five years a good reputation among Rangers fans, certainly for a player of his ability. Had built up a decent, and you know what we like with ex-players. You know he he would have found. Mm-hmm. And yet he blew it in two minutes. Five years to build it up in, in two minutes to completely obliterate it because that's now what Kurt Broadfoot will be remembered for at Ibrox. And maybe maybe there's a wee lesson for us both. We're talking about Neil, Alex Neil and, and David Moyes and their, their, their allegiances or whatever. His allegiances as a professional went out the window in a blinking eye, so maybe yeah, we look too point. much into professional players and managers' allegiances. That's a good point. Um, I just think we've got to come out against this, Andy. We we have to because we've had a guy sent off three times, one of which nobody complained about because it was his fault. He did it. Two yellow cards. You didn't hear a peep from Rangers. But to be sent off twice... And and you also think that we always hear about players' reputations getting in front. You would think that referee might now think with Ryan Jack, hey, wait a minute here, you know, Uh and keep the card in the pocket. But we all know it's not likely to happen. Yeah, uh, and I think the circumstances of the Kilmarnock red card were, were exceptionally unique because of the, the fourth assistant on the park, right? He wasn't just talking in his earphone, he was on the park trying to get his attention mm. for whatever it was. And uh, there, there, there has to be a full and comprehensive review of what they're doing as complaints officer because, okay, there's, a, there's an argument that they could say, right, well, see, by having a complaints officer, we can right wrongs, which they've done here, right? To a degree, but at the same at the same time, it's an admittance that your referees are getting it wrong. Well, that's quite the key often, point. Right? There, there doesn't seem to and, be any and, comeback apart for exactly. certainly no recompense to Rangers in that. Oh, you know, you got the player back after, as as we say, it cost us points, and then the referee gets demoted for a week. Well, again, that's yeah. no use to us because it's not affecting any change. And, no. you know, clearly it, is, it needs a referee and supervisor to take them a single, I don't know what it is with Rangers, I don't know if you're scared, I don't know if it's the media pressure, I don't know if it's personal things with some of you, I'm looking at you, John Beaton, but you can't keep doing this, you can't keep always erring on the side of, I'll go against them, because it's constant and clearly you're not making the same decisions during a Rangers match as you make in other matches. Or, or if they are, then Jesus, the, the problem's even bigger than we thought. Yeah, I'm no one for conspiracy theories. I've, I've, I've never really been one for that. I just think it's a case of referees not being good enough. And I also think nowadays there's, a, a, there's no enough leadership in, in terms of what they should be refereeing with standards of what they're refereeing. I, I spoke a couple of weeks ago about the brutality of Scottish football and what gets allowed in Scottish football. Um, there doesn't seem to be a, a uniform standard with referees. Some let things go, some don't. Some book you, some don't. Some will red card you for next to nothing, some won't. There doesn't seem to be a uniformity that it's a hard thing to apply, right? Don't get me wrong, but doing in England, I think you've got a rough idea 
if you see a tackle whether it's a yellow card or not yeah, well, and it's applied. But then you do have a far more professional setup. You've got professional refs yeah. who train together and who you know are brought together weekly for meetings. Things are discussed, and it's not just a case of standards are laid down at the start of the season and then never spoken about again. You know that as football evolves through the season, then referees are spoken told to watch for certain things or uh, that there's been a spate of this or that, and and you see that as well. We we have none of this. We just have the guys. They turn up. They referee a game, they get the £1,000, they then either, unless they've made a cataclysmic fuck-up, just roll along, costing teams points, uh, and if it's really, really egregious, they might have to then go and do a lower league game one week. It's, it's, a, it's a pathetic system. It's, 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 yeah. It can go on, it's dismal. Yeah, no, no, I agree with you. And referees, I've got sympathy for referees that are... That are... Uh, precious commodity, right? I've not been described like that in, in something before, but if, you, if you've not got a referee, you've not got a game, and I don't think we've got many good referees in this country at all. I don't think they get helped by the authorities, but at the same time, is it a problem with playing a, a referee in Ibrox or a referee in a Rangers game where there's that wee bit more scrutiny, there's that wee bit more uh, pressure upon them? Can they not handle it? Uh, I, I just don't know why this season we get decisions. I mean, even at Hearts, that uh, handball I know he's going to be right on he's going to be spot on if he's going to give that guy a red card the, the goalkeeper a red card for handling outside the box but between him and his linesman they didn't see it and I've I seen it I was at the other end of Murrayfield and I think it plays so, into the you're right where they go we're, we're not 100% sure we can't send them off I think that Rangers fans would be right in feeling you don't apply that same standard to us you know yep. with, with decisions where a lot of the time you will just go with it uh, or you'll guess a decision. So straight away uh, there you see a difference in the way that teams are being refereed. Well, in the in Jack Red card versus Commander is a perfect example. How many times have you ever seen a player get yellow carded? They turn and, and to be get back onto the game and then the fourth official intervenes to say, oh, no, hold on a minute. Yeah, I think you should be sent off. Yeah, no, I've it's never seen that. I, I, I thought at first he must have said something, you know, because I went, oh, the ref's Aye. just given him a straight red. So, Aye. but he'd already booked. I'd never seen it. I didn't know it was possible, to be honest. Uh, it was it was truly baffling. And Jack has got a right now to be thinking, you know, what is going on here? Um, again, I do I do still stand by after the game. We said he has to use his head, and he does right. People are going to try and wind him up now. That's clear. He's got to just walk away. And his teammates need to help him. If you see someone going up to it, go and pull him away and just say, you know what we talked about, don't do this. It's just going to cause you problems, going to cause us problems. But I can understand his frustration. The other side of David is he's playing games, he sees things going on. And I'm not just talking about that, that individual game. All season, we've seen things happen that if you're a player... You'd be saying, what the hell's going on here? Just off the top of my head, I can remember up at Ross County, the boy Davis nearly killing Kenny Miller with a four-arm smash. Mm. Right? You see things like that going on, and you are going to get defensive of your teammates and of yourself and, and, and start telling the referee what to do. So when Kirk Broadford's standing on his toes trying to be a fly man, I can see why Ryan Jack reacted because I probably would if I was in the park. Yeah, yeah, I can. It's easy to say. It. It's easy to say he shouldn't do it, and he has to learn. But he's twenty-five; he should be learning that. Bit of. Yeah, that's that's also a point. Um, and he's he's just been brought into the Scotland squad. Uh, interestingly, for a friendly at Pitodry, 
So that that could be interesting. If he gets in the field, I'll get a warm welcome there. Um, but congratulations to Ryan Jack for that. Obviously, it's a, a, an award for because he has he's, he's been in good form this season, with the exception of these incidents, which have, have been really unfortunate and have created a storm about him that, that he didn't deserve. To the match on Saturday, we play Partick Thistle third time this season after. Uh, a two-each draw in the league, followed up by a 3-1 extra time win. So I suppose um, Partick could could, an, could argue that they've had two 90-minute draws against Rangers this season. So it's not going to be easy. Um, it's not going to be a walkover. Uh, we welcome back Bruno Alves, whose suspension was one league game and then one in next season's League Cup. So, so he is available for selection again. And the aforementioned Ryan Jack. I suppose the question is, after... What well, by common consent was was certainly our best forty five minutes of the season um, last last week. I don't I don't think anyone could could really argue with the exception of the Dunfermline no. game. But against a top team uh, or a top level team, our best performance is the temptation to just go. Again. I mean, I, I I thought Danny Wilson was was terrific, and that's you know speaking yeah. from someone who's not a huge who's not a huge fan. Uh, and Jason Holt was my man of the match, so yeah. those would possibly be the two guys who you would be looking at as maybe dropping out. Do you go with the form team, or do you say uh, these are these are the first team guys that I'm putting them in? Uh, I, I think you've got to keep more or less the same team. I think Alves will come back, and I think you'll see Young McCrory uh, on the bench. And I, I don't. I've been on record saying I don't particularly think that's a bad thing. But I think bringing players in, getting a good bit of experience, getting them a good bit of confidence and then just taking them out for a wee while, I think that does more good than just playing them week in, week out. Um, Danny Wilson, Jason Holt, as you say, the two of them are fantastic last week. Holt in particular, at the game, uh, it, it, it was the same thing, it was just outrageously good. Right? It was just winning second balls, he was right on top of them, he was fantastic. And Danny Wilson and Jason Holt are two players that if you were to say at the start of the season, what is the role they're going to play? I'd be saying, look, they're decent squad players, but if we're relying on them, we're in then we won't have, have no move forward any. Yeah. But Holt, Holt absolutely has proven me wrong because he's coming in and he's not just doing a job, he's actually lifting the team to better than they were without him in it, mm. if that makes sense. And last, week, he, Wilson, last week he married energy to authority, as you say. He, he yes. wasn't you know, contesting for second balls, he was winning them. And he was driving yep. us on and he was commanding the midfield. And I, yeah, yep. I just think if he's in that vein of form, it's very difficult to leave him out. Oh, you can't, you can't. I mean, Holy Cell, I've always felt, and this is just a personal thing, I've always felt he was just that wee bit too small um, and physically... Uh, no, no big, no dominant enough as a midfielder. A very good Gordon Strachan. Yeah. Very good Gordon Strachan. <laughs> but uh, he's 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 really really pushing himself here. Um, so I think he'll play the same team bar uh, McCrory for Alves. Perhaps uh, there, there seemed to be a bit of pragmatism to multi selection in the first eleven and the bench last week. I think he took Penny out the firing line. Um, he brought um, obviously brought Miller back in who again is another one that proved me completely wrong because I I didn't think he, he, he would have had that impact he was he was absolutely superb on Saturday in every aspect of his game winning the ball mentally talking to the team he's passing apart from the first 10 minutes uh, so I think he's got to go with the same team Partick I heard I've got serious injury problems which is great and uh, I think we're due to have a good performance at home 
and I would like to see an early goal because I think if we get an early goal then as is the way of things at Ibrox we'll, we'll hopefully just crack on for that um, and take the conference to, to last Saturday into this week as well We I think you're right and I agree with you I think this is a really good opportunity that there seems to be a calmness about the place it hasn't been for a few weeks uh, understandably mm-hmm. and we're coming off the back of a very good result with players like you know we mentioned Wilson, Holt, Miller Windass who you would think would be hopefully have a bit more confidence about them but we have five points out of 15 at home this season and that is brutally unacceptable now yes Hibs cost us some and Kilmarnock causing refereeing decisions but we're Rangers, we don't do stories and hard luck stories, we do results and we've got five points out of 15. It's shambolic, it can't go on. And it's a testament, incidentally, and I will credit the, the team for this, our away form is fantastic. Otherwise, we would really be in bother. But we have to start turning our home stadium into a place where teams are fearing to come and, and they're not at the moment and how could they be you know as I say five points out of 15 it's just not good enough so I, I think Saturday is is a really really big game for us because of that on top of the fact that we're Rangers and every game's a big game but I, I think we need a result and we're still in the place where results trump performances we will be for a while um, but if we could go out and play with the level of command that we showed last week, you know, with, with, with that sort of level of, as I say, that calm authority of we are the better team and we are going to dominate you up front, we're going to dominate you yep. in the field and our strikers are going to push your defenders constantly. And if we can bring yep. that mentality to the team, and again, pace, play with pace, move the ball quickly, get in, win the second ball, harass them, don't let them have easy possession, don't panic if things aren't working, shoot from this, you know, just just try things, but keep it keep it going and try and boil it up to a, you know, where it's, it hits a high tempo, it hits a high temperature and it hits a high tempo. That, I think, is essential. If we come out and we spend, you know, the first 20 minutes where we're kind of, you know, giving the ball to the fullback who gives it to Bruno, who launches it long, yeah. and, you know, that lets... Partick bed in and that yep. will will not serve as well I think, I think we've got to go for the jugular right from the start and really just try and smother them early and let them know, look you're in a game here we're, this is our patch and we're going to we're going to show you that Yeah, no, you're absolutely right uh, and if we win in, if, we, if we can be Partick Saturday you're then get Hamilton on the 18th uh, and hey presto, you might have your three games in a row mm-hmm. as soon as Pedro goes, right? So you've spoke through the season about building a platform to build upon and uh, there you go, you've, you've had a fantastic win at Hearts, usually a hard place to go. Um, we could win, you would think we would win on Saturday, and then you would think we would win versus Hampton regardless of the manager situation. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you've got Dundee away before you're in a doubleheader for Aberdeen, which... I don't think it's too too uh, melodramatic to say we could define the season for us. Absolutely, the two games, yeah, totally. Um, even in November, December. But no, you're, you're right. The, the performances at home have been tepid, and we've had wee, wee sparks. I mean, I thought the first half it versus Hubs was was pretty good, but it was it was curtailed because of the red card. So we've not had luck in some games. But over a piece, you've got to say the the home form has been. Very, very poor indeed. It's been unacceptable. And you're right, because again, in terms of a platform, you've got a good away win, 
you have a chance to win three games in a row. And if you win these next two matches, you've more than doubled the points from your home tally that you already had. So there's nothing but positives here if we apply ourselves correctly and get the results that we should. And I have to say, come prediction time, here we are. I think we will, and I think we'll win 2-0 on Saturday. Yeah, I'm, I'm probably, but I think it could be three or four. Um, I just think uh, the tails have. If the tails are not up after that win last week, yes. the tails will never be up. No. The tails have been docked. Yes. So um, <laughs> we, we need to go in with a bit of confidence with players that are feeling confident. I don't know if Dorns is back. I forgot all about him, but I don't know if Dorns is still I don't believe he is. I don't believe he is. No, no. Um, but uh, yeah, I think, I think Miller made a big difference. And he had a point to prove. He's now got a point to prove to make sure he can do it week in, week out, because he's, he's to be honest, that's the first we've had out in this season. Yeah, it really has. And another game like that will, you know, as I say, silence a lot of the, the kind of complaints about it. And that's how you win fans over, you know. We're, I hate the, the term fans are fickle. We're not fickle, we remember it, but what we are is pragmatic. And to win yeah. on the day, we will put up with stuff. Doesn't change your opinion long term. How you feel about Kenny Miller won't change because he scored a couple of goals, but you will, you know, get along with him, if you like, because mm-hmm. he's because he's in the team and he's doing well. So, so no, I think we're going to do that. So, well, we'll be. I'll be back after the match on Saturday with uh, with the, the video blog to to let you know my immediate thoughts on that, and then there'll be, of course, the flagship podcast that started next week. Just to say, to people, just to remind people that there'll be some live dates being announced soon. But if you are really desperate to see me, remember that uh, I will be part of NARSA 2018 next year in Calgary. So if you fancy a trip to beautiful Calgary, Alberta, Canada in uh, in late May next year, uh, go to the NASA website and you'll get full details and you'll get details of the packages to stay there and whatnot. And apart from a live heart and hand experience, uh, I'll be in, you know talking, interviewing players, punters, everybody. So you'll see a lot of me if that's your thing. And if not, you can avoid me totally and see uh, ex-Gel stars and uh, heroes. There's no other word for it from from our past and meet loads of great bears who basically spend their you know keep the, the Rangers flag flying spend their lives keeping the Rangers name up uh, abroad so it's a fantastic opportunity just go to the NASA website put that into your Google machine and uh, up it will pop but we will be announcing domestic live dates soon so that's something to get in your calendar and uh, we'll get the tickets out before Christmas so you can buy them for a loved one and they're nice and cheap they won't cost you very much uh, just a wee uh, aside as well please check out the YouTube channel give us a, a subscribe that, that's excellent you find content that is exclusive it doesn't appear on the podcast and uh, we will be ramping that up over the next few weeks so all that means for me to do is to thank our executive producers in london mr mike lee and paul miles to thank the splendid andy mcgowan thanks for that andy my pleasure david and to thank all of you for listening and uh, my name's david edgar i will talk to you again on monday cheers bye Podcast Network.